Welcome back to College Kings with your boys, Nate Dog and CDM. How you doing, brother? Howdy, howdy, howdy. We're all doing great, man. You know, you know, just another exciting week of college football. Um, you know, some exciting games, some games that were shocking, and then there were some games that made you want to just gouge your eyes out because that's how bad it was. Very, very respectful. But, you know, I'm ready to dive dive into this you know talk about what happened talk about the future and what comes up for every other team and the road that they are having to pay for themselves to make a playoff run yeah because it's it's here man you know halfway through the season it's kind of kind of start have to look a little ahead so we're gonna we're gonna lightly recap these games but also mainly look ahead to these teams because all these teams we're talking about they have playoff implications they have their eyes on the playoffs they all have the road in front of them so it's it's right there, man. It's right there in front of. Oh them. yeah, they pay they they pave their own path now. Like I mean, this is it. Like this is what counts. I mean, every game counts now. Everyone. I mean, the games at the beginning of the season when you're playing nobodies, they're just like, okay, yeah, this is fun. This shows everybody in the country what we're made of. But these games right here, no matter how bad a divisional opponent is or a conference opponent, you have to you have to win. Got to win any given Saturday at this point, boys. Mm. These one loss teams. You better hold like my like the tide right now. I mean, gotta hold on. You gotta hold on if you want to make sure if you want to you know make it into the playoffs. Because I mean, it's 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 tough right now because there's so many good teams. But let's dive in. Yeah, let's dive in, man. We got that recap that we're gonna do. We're gonna obviously make our top six teams. We're gonna give those out, and then our top five Heisman candidates uh, after this week. Maybe he's seeing some shifts there. Got some got some movement probably in, in that in that realm. Oh, yeah, and then for sure. Our first official playoff predictions. Does it mean anything? No. We still got no. a lot of big games, but we want to do it because, hey, it's fun. We're going to start doing that weekly from now on, you know, kind of update that. And then we're going to look into next week's games and give y'all our record so far. Newsflash, CDM is beating me right now in that record. Find out what those records that, are at the end of the podcast. That pod. Colorado pick. Colorado <laughs> saved me. It's hold Colorado on saved me week one. <laughs> It's holding on strong for CDM. Holding on strong, man. Let's do this, man. Let's get into some of these games last week. We had some massive rivalry games and nothing bigger than the Red River rivalry. Red River shootout. Oklahoma claims. What is it? The Golden Hat? What is that called? Yeah, uh, the... Uh, the cowboy hat. I'm guessing. I think it was. A, I think it was a cowboy at golden golden hat, something like that. But they as beat, much as we've watched this, we still don't know that trophy. Yeah, I don't that know. whatever. Red River rivalry game. Red River yeah. shootout. They beat the Longhorns. Massive game. They beat the number two, number three team in the country. What a game it was! You kind of called it. Game. You kind of called it going into that one, saying this might be game of the year, and it definitely is going to be in it, consideration. I think it lived up to the hype. Oh, I mean, with it. two just star-studded teams coming into this, Oklahoma coming in with Brent Venables' second-year defense. You know, last year mm. it was a fifty-nine to nothing game in this. I mean, Clint. I mean, Texas came in and just waxed. This and plus Dylan Gabriel didn't play in last year's game due to a concussion. Yep. So I mean that was also a big change. But this one, this one felt different for sure. It was I mean so with Dylan Gabriel being in there, and then Quinn didn't play his best game either. Quinn didn't play. I thought it was going to be a big quarterback matchup. Both quarterbacks were going to go off. Um, I had this game going into overtime, and you know thank goodness it didn't because Texas could have Texas was catching momentum at the end of the game. I mean, but Dylan Gabriel looked so poised that entire game. I mean that first drive you saw when they after they got the interception, which was a great defensive play. Um, it just seemed like he was so poised after that QB draw up the middle for a touchdown, and then coming out in the second half after they get the ball back, 
and going down there 75 yards, scoring another touchdown, making a 10, 10 point game. I mean, it was this, he played so much better than anybody I think thought he would do. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he didn't get to play in this game last year, Quentin just did not look, he didn't look comfortable. I mean, how, how did you feel about the way Quinn looked in this game? Yeah, it was a little shocking, and it came down to me that they put themselves in a hole early. Oklahoma came out ready, it felt like. They felt like, I don't know. I don't want – they definitely – no one looked each other uh, over each other, but it felt just like Oklahoma – and it's shocking because Texas has had the big game. They had the big game yeah. against Bama. It felt like, hey, they're going to use this to their advantage. They know what these big games, what it takes to win. And Oklahoma just looked like the more veteran team. It was weird to see for a team that I has think- all these new guys from the transfer portal. I mean, like half their defense is transfer portal. A lot of their offensive line. I mean, this team's reconstructed over an offseason. We talk about. I think mm-hmm. they had the like second or third most players in FBS behind Colorado when it came to the transfer portal. Something crazy oh, yeah, like that. Hit. It was like forty players or something. So it's an entirely different team. So it's, a, it's shocking to me when it comes to the Quinn. I was just. He just, it, I haven't seen him that gunshot in a minute. And is it Oklahoma's good defense? Because they got a really good defense. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just didn't feel like he was trusting anybody on the field. It, it was like a lack of arm, like, talent. It was weird. I was shocked to see what I saw from Quinn. To see him get outplayed, like, thoroughly. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just game for game. It, Dylan Gabriel looked like the better quarterback all in all. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he after that first interception, he looked scared to like really push yeah. it downfield. Yeah. And I mean that. I mean, and then he, that second interception came, which it was a good play. Like I mean, a, yeah. a tight end delay. He was wide open. The defense just made a really good play. Brent Venable is such a defensive. Like, do you remember the remember those Clemson teams mm. that had such defensive talent? I mm. mean, those championship caliber teams. And for him to take that over and just you know last year wasn't the last year it wasn't good um it didn't look he didn't look, it didn't look fresh on that uh, Oklahoma defense last year mm-hmm. give him a year transfer portal hits man transfer portal right now matters for so much teams so many teams depend on transfer portal players now because there's so much like diamonds in the rough you don't know who's gonna hit and who's not gonna hit because you can go out and get a former five star recruit who didn't get much playing time or. And, and, or did get playing time, and he'd come back. He'd come to your school, and he'd just be a, a bum. I mean, mm-hmm. he he wouldn't know what to do. Transfer portal matters, but it also matters on coaching. And I think that Texas got out coached in this game. Yep. I think their coaching staff came in prepared, came in ready for what their uh, what Texas was known to do, which was have explosive over the top plays, um, explosive runs, and not really not really leaning on. Quinn's arm most of the time, but leaning on him creating plays, opening up more, um, opening up the pass game more with uh, improv- improvising out of the pocket, mm. and he just couldn't do it. But that Oklahoma, that Oklahoma front seven dog is mm. dirty. Those linebackers were head hunting him like they were filthy, and they came up with so many clutch stops, so many clutch stops, dude. And the turnovers helped them so much. So that's what I mean. I think that Oklahoma really did come in here as the better team and Dylan Gabriel for hmm. final drive after that late field goal, five plays, 75 yards, a minute Oh two taken off the clock. And that pocket collapsed hmm. and he found that wide receiver Henderson in the back of the corner, in the corner of the end zone. Hmm. Amazing. Amazing I mean, play. Unbelievable, man. It was, it was 
surgical. It was veteran. It was the moxie. It, it was so impressive to see him just fully take control of that game. Because, like you said, like Texas had all the momentum, it felt like, at the end of that one. Oklahoma really kind of started to coast a little bit with that that fourteen point lead, and I was just kind of like, "This is this is why is why is Oklahoma doing this? They've been so I thought it was going to be another like classic choke job. It, it was starting to feel like that. Once Texas takes the lead, you're just like, "What? What? And how is Texas going? Like I texted it to you. It's like this hasn't been a perfect game, but if Texas wins this one, this is a championship win. All the games aren't going to be pretty. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're not going to have a perfect game every game. You're not going to beat every team by 15, 20 points. You're going to win games where you're not playing your best. Quarterback doesn't show up for you know two quarters and stuff. If you can somehow win those games, these massive games, man, that's awesome. And Texas just could not make a stop, and that's not – that taking nothing away from Dylan Gabriel because Dylan Gabriel willed that team to a win. That last drive oh, was cooked. his it was his Heisman moment. That was that was uh-huh. Dylan Gabriel's Heisman moment. We talked about it, it man. Yes. I mean he I mean that that he needed that drive to solidify himself as the man. Mm. And he re, he he did. I mean Brent Venable had, Brent Venable has a quarterback too. Yes. Brent, like Dylan Gabriel can lead this team to a playoff, but I just can't wait for a re, oops, sorry about that. I can't wait for a rematch yes. against uh, in the Big Twelve Championship because there's going to be a rematch. As me and you talked about it, they're both got cupcake schedules going into this game, uh, going into the season. So there's bound to be a rematch in uh, Jerry World this year. And I, I honestly think if it's if it plays out the same and coaching comes in ready to outcoach this Texas team again, I think Oklahoma can sweep Texas this year. But it could be totally different, you know. Um, Hopefully Texas is not too shy of throwing the ball downfield a little bit more, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, when it comes to a rematch, man, it's to me this feels like a if they played a hundred times, it might go fifty fifty. You know, fifty wins, fifty losses. They're so evenly matched, and whichever team makes the more more the most mistakes is gonna lose. And yeah, that's easy to say. It feels like any football game, but it feels these. These two teams have so many great players and so many great make so many great plays. And when you get these offenses off the field with a turnover and take advantage of that, it just it it's demoralizing. And for Oklahoma yeah. to do that multiple times in this one, it, it really was hard to come back from. Adversity is a hard thing to overcome in college football, and if you can, you, that's what makes you a championship squad. And Texas really try to do it. But when it comes to a rematch, man. I don't know if I could pick against this Oklahoma squad, man. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat the same team twice. It is. It's hard to beat the same team twice. And I mean, if Oklahoma doesn't drop a game before then and goes in and and say loses, I mean, they're both still playoff teams. Yeah. There's no way you can't put both of them in the playoffs if it's if it's a one loss Texas and a one loss Oklahoma. Yeah. Then they'll have a real big problem in the college football playoffs, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, the Big Ten's right there, Pac 12s right there. Um, we'll figure out the Pac 12 come Saturday, but uh, that's for that's further on to talk about. But this game right here, I think it lived up to game of the year hype for sure. I think he called that one, brother. I think he called that one. I give you that one, Dylan Gabriel Heisman moment. You love to see it. Love to see it. Oklahoma beats down on the Longhorns and wins the Red River rivalry. Let's go to your team out there. Staying in Texas. Hey, we're staying in Texas. You're right. 
We're right. This was actually in Texas. We we this is kind of kind of become a little bit of a rivalry between Jimbo and Saban. Jimbo finally Jimbo. got his game against Saban a couple years ago. Wild game last year. Bama responds, gets their dub. Tells, hey, sit down, Jimbo, sit down. And then this hey, week, calm down, calm down now. Hey, and then this week, a lot of people kind of, kind of trying to expect this, this upset kind of a thing. And guess what? Alabama keeps improving every single week and handles their business against the Aggies. CD, I'm gonna send this to you because this is your squad. Give me, give me your thoughts on, you know, the game, but more mainly about Alabama's progress over the season and you know Milrose's improvement. Um. This game was this game was a really good game for this team. Um, coming into a very tough environment with Jalen Milrow and the Crimson Tide, but they know what they have to do in this game. I mean, College Station is one of the loudest mm. uh, stadiums in the, in college football. Wait, hey, I mean, we were so, talking about it before the pod, bro. That's that's another unbelievable. That's another good. That's, a, that's that's another college experience that I want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, going into this rough environment, um, t- Jalen Milrow's first start last year was against A and M. Got the dub. Um, second start against AM, got the dub two and zero against AM. Um, you know who Daddy is is mm. Jalen Milrow, <laughs> but um, this team played really good. Jalen Milrow showed me that even though the run can get stuffed, he can still put it over the top. He can throw a deep ball, man. He can launch it deep. I mean the deep ball. I mean the deep ball that he had to Isaiah Bond to um he had he had one to Jermaine Burton who cooked mm. Texas A and M. Burton cooked 28 Eight receptions, mm. 197, two tuds. I mean, that's insane. And this team showed me that they are still finding a way, finding the process on offense. Defense is phenomenal. Defense yeah. is outstanding. Yeah, 20 points. We had some we had some ups and downs on defense for sure. Um, but coming into this game, it was like we need to make a we need to make a statement in the SEC because this is one of the most threatening teams in the SEC, no, no matter who you are. I mean, you can be undefeated and Texas A&M can have two losses and it's still like, okay, we need to come in with our head on our shoulders. This could possibly be an upset game. And I'll, as you said, a lot of people think this could be an upset game no matter how much we play. But I think it showed that offense is still trying to figure out what to do. Um, the offensive line is selling. I'm not going to lie. The offensive line, we had 10 pre-snap penalties, 10 pre-snap penalties. It was insane, dude. It was kind of hard to watch. There'll be some games where they're just balling out like Ole Miss last week. And then you have games like this one where they're just not on the same page that they're just, you know, at not following the snap count. The center finally got the snap to Jalen Milrow this time. So, you know, applaud a little bit for progress, that not over progress, his head progress <laughs> um one thing that i would like to say that jalen i would like to see him work on is just still rolling out of the pocket and just throwing that ball away and not taking unnecessary hits and losing yards um but he showed me that he can he showed me that he's here like he's the captain i mean you got to ride with four why is siri on but you got to ride with four during this time i mean he's nobody else is going to be able to come in i I like Ty Simpson, but right now this is Milrose team, and he's showing us all right now that he is adapting throughout the season. He is slowly – he's not going to make extreme process like like a finger snap and he's going to be a top-five quarterback, but he's slowly showing people that he can adapt, he can improve his game a lot more, and that's one thing I'm happy to see. I mean, this Texas A&M defense was tough. This was a tough defense and a tough offense to go against. I mean, Max Johnson out there. I mean, we know what Max Johnson can do. He can sling the rock. He can sling. And he he had a couple of good plays as well. But the defense came out and showed up. 
like they always have. Caleb Downs, dog. dog. I mean, he's after so Jalen Miro threw that interception and he just dove in under that guy to grab it again, I was excited. Um, he's got a bright future. But this defense is showing me that they are they're they're slowly climbing up to t- being a top defense in college football right now. I mean, you got Mich- you got George, um, Penn State, Georgia, Michigan. I mean, if you want to put Oklahoma up there now, you can. Um, there's Texas a lot of oh, still Oregon good. as well. I mean, Oregon, there's a lot of good yeah. de- there's a lot of good teams with a lot of good defenses. But our def- the de- Bama's defense is uh it's it's kind of silent. It's silent. It's explosive. It's like an assassin. And also, we're getting back to like old Bama style. Mm. Like, because when we had that blindside block on the field goal block. And it was on Dallas Turner, which it wasn't. Um, Deontay Lawson literally grabbed him by the shoulder pad and started yelling at him, chewing him out. And I was mm. like, okay, that's what we need. We need leadership. We need somebody to get on some asses. And that's what you need. Nick Saban's finally getting back to that. Um, but I love the win. I mean, it's a great win. We're still trying to make a run. We pave our own path for this game. No disrespect to AM. Um, you know, really good game, but you're a bunch of bums. Um, <laughs> Jimbo Fisher, bum. Um, they're, you know, <laughs> What do you, I mean, where have you been? Where have you been? Yeah, yeah they pay you f- over $100 million to coach this team, and you can't even uh, – your biggest goal is to beat Bama. Your biggest goal is not even to make the playoffs. It's just to beat Nick Saban. So, um, you know, good game, good game, but uh, roll tide, and uh, we get the dub, so we'll we'll see where this takes us. I love it. I respect your passion on this one. Uh, yeah, the, only, the first player I got to bring up is not an Alabama player. It is – a player for A&M, even though, yes, A&M has a great defense, but number 28, uh, Josh DeBerry. Oh, uh, burnt, oh dude. He burnt toast. Burnt toast. Burnt toast. That brother, like, had, he struggled. He struggled, my man. He struggled hard against Burton. I just wanted to bring him up. But, yes, I want to give my, my respects to Bama. This was, this was the most impressive win offensively in the most different way because – a&M came into this game and said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Atlanta. He's watching the Braves game right now. Oh, my God. We just took the lead. Let's go. Let's Are go. Serious? Two-run shot. Austin Riley. Don't Let's take go. the jersey off. Let's go. I put the jersey on. We put on five straight points. Let's go. Five runs in a row. Never taking the jersey off. All right. Sorry, y'all. Let me get back into my mode. <laughs> but, yes, this is the most impressive win for Alabama this year, only because A&M came into this game and said, all right. We are not allowing you to run the football. We, it's not going to happen in this game. And, and I personally, personally, did not expect Alabama to win many games if you had to put Milrow, like put the game on Milrow's shoulders and mainly his arm specifically. And yeah. 300 yards, he, co- he, he, he cooked. cooked. He cooked. And we're finally getting our playmakers the ball on the yes, outside. Yes. And this game proved that you cannot play. You can't play eight in the box and say everyone go on an island with these receivers. Isaiah Bond's coming in his own. Jermaine Burton is a veteran that is going to get drafted. And we're see- you're seeing the evolution of this offense and where the danger for teams is if you want to fully commit to stopping the run, if Milrow has a day like this, he doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, he's going to have a b- maybe a couple bad throws. It comes with the territory when it- with him. He's not going to be processing defenses like a master, but – he can unleash it, and if he gives these guys a chance, there's it's a 50-50 chance they're going to come down with the ball just because of their mm-hmm. ball skills and their just pure talent. So for me, this was the most impressive win offensively for Alabama for that specific reason. Was it a perfect offensive game? No, but 
these these like you said, we said in the past couple weeks, these forty point games for Alabama. Those it's over. Those are games are over. Well, you can put up thirty points, twenty six to thirty points. You're feeling pretty good about your chances because I'm not sure if too many teams could score thirty points on Alabama's defense. So it, it, when this game came around, yeah, I really liked A&M's chances because A&M they compete with Alabama, even though they haven't always won. They've they've competed. Johnny Manziel days. They've always always competed. Jimbo last couple seasons has made him some fun games, and for Alabama to go in there with a lot of people kind of doubting them. It was a it was a very impressive gritty win. I'm I'm really impressed with what they're doing. This defense is top five in the country now. Milrow, I mean, this he, I always thought Milrow was the best quarterback on this squad right now. Ty Simpson has the brightest future, but right now Milrow is the best quarterback on this team. And every oh, yeah. single week he's improving and he's he's coming out here. And I think there's some teams that are saying oh, Alabama might be right back in this thing. If they can yeah. beat if they can beat. You know, handle their business against an LSU and, a, and an Auburn, and you know, win the games they got to win for this re- regular season. That Georgia Alabama game is going to be fun, and it's going to be very similar to some of those games of the past when it came down to some defensive, decent defensive football. I'm impressed. I don't know if they beat a Georgia yet after what we saw that offense no, do this no, weekend. No, 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 no. If we but, play Georgia, we're done. But as as I know, as you as an Alabama fan and Alabama fans out there that listen. You got to be happy with what you're seeing every single week. The improvements. This is classic Nick Saban saying, "All right, we're going to learn from this win. We're not going to put this. We're not going to let this win defeat us. We're going to learn from it." And I'm impressed with what I'm seeing with Alabama. They're going to get better every week. And right, right when they're getting to the the meat of their schedule, you know, facing an LSU and stuff. Even though I don't think LSU could stop a, a freaking, you know, anything on defense. They are literally the worst defense I've. Seen in a minute, yeah. but LSU can score, and they have like the best offense in the country. So that game is like an unstoppable force. Oh, that's gonna be and, uh, fun. Meets an immovable object. So it's like, how does that game play out? Well, I, I want to see Alabama face this adversity because they gotta beat these kind these kinds of teams if they expect to beat Georgia. But if you're an Alabama fan, you gotta be you gotta be loving what you're seeing from Milrow and what's what 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 this future can look like for the Crimson. Oh time. yeah. And I mean, I don't know who this analyst is. I don't know. I think it was on ESPN or some other some other one I saw. Uh, he said that Texas A and M has the better offensive team, oh, that dude. the better defensive team, the better special teams. Oh, straight clickbait, bro. Yeah, you're a bum. You're a bum. You're a bum for saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. I mean, once again, Bama's paving their own path. I like everything that you said. Milrose just going to get better and better, but. I mean, we need them. Uh, there's one game. Speaking of defenses, it's just like there's some mm. good defenses, <laughs> and there there's some just like mm. what is, what's happening, what what what's going on? Because this is not how it's supposed to happen. And that would be USC versus Arizona in mm. triple overtime. Mm. That game was just horrendous. <laughs> that was crazy. It was a good game, but it was a good game, <laughs> but on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude! It it was just like. Arizona went up 17-0. I understand that. They went up 17-0, okay? I'm not going to count USC out. Their offense is explosive. I think they do rely on Caleb Williams way too much. I think they rely on his skill set and his arm talent. But USC's defense is absolute dog water. Bad. Trash, bro. Like, I don't know what's going on on the defensive side of the ball, but you, you came into this point, you came in, 
having to put up 20, like you're a 21 point winner. Like Arizona's, Arizona's not supposed to win this game or take it the distance like this. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing that USC has just been showing us these past three weeks, Arizona state 45, 28 shouldn't have even been that close. Okay. One in three Arizona state shouldn't have been that close. Colorado 48 to 41 shouldn't even let them come back in that football game. Okay. And then you have this game going into triple overtime. Props to Arizona. Props to Arizona for taking them the distance, bro. That quarterback's a stud. stud. That quarterback is a dog. F- Fafita. And that defense played good. Fafita, baby. Freshman. Yeah. F- freshman? Freshman. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. You got carved up by a freshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he cooked up in overtime, too. Mm. I mean, they have, they're struggling so much on this side of the ball. It's insane. I mean, you're giving up right now. I think it's about... These past three games, you're giving up 14 points to 17 points a game right now. And you only – and, like, you have to play better teams with better – like, better teams with better defenses. And it seems to me right now that they are going to sit at home again this year, mm-hmm. that they are not going to be a, a playoff contender, that they are just – Lincoln Riley is going to show what Lincoln Riley does in not having a top 10 or top 5 defense because he is not a defensive coach. He never gets a good defensive coordinator. I mean, imagine if he had Brent Venable at Oklahoma. Hmm. Maybe you could talk about Oklahoma making a championship. But now you can't even talk about USC being close to a playoff run right now because this is how scary their defense is. Their defense is kryptonite to their offense. It is that bad. I don't understand how you're playing these bum teams, no disrespect to Colorado or Arizona, but you're playing these teams that you're 21-point dogs over or 23-point dogs and you're not even covering the spread. Nope. Like, I mean, you're relying so much on Caleb Williams. Caleb looked mid almost the entire first half. Mm. The entire first half, he did not look good at all. I mean, he was negative 13 rushing yards at the end of the first half. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And then in the second half, he just cooked. He had 95 yards at the end of the game with three rushing touchdowns. Absolutely dog. But that's one. That's Caleb Williams, dude. Generational talent always finds a way. Yep. But Lincoln Riley, man, I mean, you're just going to show us what kind of choke job you have on defense. I mean, especially when you have to play Oregon, hmm. when you have to play Washington, two high-caliber offenses, and then you have Oregon's defense on the other side that could possibly shut down that unstoppable offense, it looks like. I mean, what do you, what's what's going to happen, bro? I mean, are we going to have a job? Are we going to – is it going to look like last year where you just get swept by the Pac-12? Last year they got swept by Utah Dang. twice. And that's even worse. That's what I had to call out a USC fan on Twitter for. He's like, yeah, okay, buddy. We'll find out. I was like, bro, y'all got swept last year by the same team. And you'll get cooked in the Pac-12 championship by the same team. And then you went into a you went into a bowl game against Tulane. A Tulane who beat you. Mm. And defense defense is not a thing in LA right now. Defense is not a thing for that for that USC team. And I feel like you can agree with me on that. And I promise you, Lincoln Riley will get exposed in the Pac-12 these next coming weeks. He may get exposed this Saturday. I hope he does, because this team has such great talent in the in, in the transfer portal as well. They hit in the portal has such great talent on the defensive side of the ball, and still can't manage to put anything up. Like I mean, there's no there's no top five or top ten defense in that on that team right now. If anything, it's a bottom twenty five at the least. Yeah. These past three weeks. Yeah, this is this is what I this is what I want to point out. 
This is their stats defensively, some of their stats. They're allowing 27 points per game. Now, some people may say, oh, that's not terrible when they're putting up 50. That's, that's bad. That's, that's horrible. Bad. The league that's at terrible. the college FBS average is 24. Actually, technically 25, I guess. It's 24.98. So we'll say 25. That's the league average. They are sitting in some of the worst defenses in the entire country. Oh, my gosh. Southern Miss is horrible. They allow 35. Southern Miss. Oh, uh, you know, I, I I can't talk about that team right now. You have we have too many Southern Miss listeners. Too, too I many. Can't. Uh, I can't. They're just yeah. Southern Cal, twenty seven points per game, bro. It is a joke how bad this defense is playing this year. Yes, their offense is putting up fifty one points a game. Awesome, good for you. But it doesn't matter when you can't you can't stop anything, dude. You can't stop anything. It's one of the worst. You know, it's one of the worst situational defenses. Like, even when they needed to make a stop, they couldn't make a stop, bro. They just no. could not make a stop. And that's what that, and that's what the biggest thing in college football. Yeah, cool. You don't need to have an amazing, like, a, a Georgia or Alabama defense anymore. Like, I truly believe some teams can actually win some of the big games without an absolute unbelievable defense. We saw Oklahoma make the playoffs twice with no defense. You know, it's possible. It's a possibility. But in first of all, first of all, LSU defense horrible, not good. But they made plays against Missouri at the end. They made the pick six at the end. It's situational defense. We just need. I just need one play defense. Just a single play defensively. No, just a stop because that could change the whole game. It could change the entire one stop. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing. They just they cannot make a single play, and that's like that's it. I don't know what is wrong. I don't know. It's talent, I guess. It's coaching. It's, it's such a consistency with 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 Lincoln Riley. I don't know what the problem is anymore. Even players are Brian, Baker Mayfield had something to say about it on on game day and Pat McAfee. It's like this is not like a narrative that is not everyone knows the narrative around Lincoln Riley when it comes to terrible defense. Why can he not? Figure it out. I don't know. I do want to give my respects to Arizona. Fafita, dog, freshman, went crazy dog. out there. His numbers were insane. Amazing effort. And, hey, that squad looked good. Arizona has had some pretty good games this year. And, listen, this team, uh, USC, last thing I'll say, when Caleb Williams – hey, turn down your TV. Hey, turn down your TV, nerd. I'm sorry, sir. It's just Monday Night Football. I, I need Jordan Love to ball. I understand. I right understand. now, the Packers are not balling at all. I see. Old, I heard old Joe Buck giving his analysis. No, but like I was saying, when USC's defense. Oh my God. I might be ahead of you. You're gonna be. That's sad. tough. That's you're gonna be. That's sad. tough. Jordan. That's Jordan tough Love right pick. there. But last. Oh thing, man, that. Let that me find, Let me try and get through this. USC. When Caleb Williams is not Superman, this team can lose. And guess what? They will lose. We might be seeing a little bit of a foreshadowing for later in the pot. Let's move on to another undefeated squad. And this undefeated squad actually has it's a kind defense. of surprising. Very surprising. And this is I think this is one of the first times I think it's the first time since well, maybe they went on did they go? When's the last time they've been undefeated? I don't know. I should have brought that stat. With up. Lamar Jackson. I, th- I thought it was. I heard that on Lamar ESPN, I in think. 2017, I think. Yeah, 2017 when they lost to Clemson. the last time. Okay, so I should have had that stat pulled up. I heard it on ESPN, and I forgot to pull it up. But Louisville, quiet, 
quietly tied for number one in the ACC after their dub against the Fighting Irish. Unbelievable performance. Not a lot of people thought they had a chance in that one. I like the team. I didn't think that they would be this good. Let me send this to you, though, CDM. Game, um, game aside. Game it was aside. Ju- hang on. No, game aside. Is this team a legit threat to Sem- to the Seminoles, man? Or do you have another ACC team out there? I mean, they don't play the Seminoles. That's the thing. Well, like, they don't play North. A- Let's ACC see. Championship. Another team besides Louisville that could give Florida State. I mean, you have to put you have to say North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, that's about it. I mean, North Carolina's rolling. Drake May starting to get into his form from last year. I mean, they had 400 yards in the first half against Syracuse. I know it's Syracuse, but still 400 yards in the first half is insane. Yep. But this team is quietly making a run for themselves, making a name for themselves. And, you know, there's always that Cinderella team. You know, there's that team that catches fire, like catches lightning in a bottle and just runs with it. And this is that team. I mean, Notre Dame. Notre Dame had these couple game has these past few weeks since that Ohio State game has just struggled. Seemed to struggle lately on the offensive side of the ball yep. and on the defensive side of the ball as well. And, and I mean Marcus Freeman in his first two years is has two losses back has already two losses in the season. I mean I mean there's not much to say about it then, you know, what's going to happen if Marcus Freeman continues this run, mm. especially with elite quarterback play he has right now. Um where they came in they came in clutch for that one um uh what's another good game they had this year that was just surprising i mean that georgia tech game looked good i mean even though georgia tech just beat miami like that one that one just kind of weird but louisville's making us louisville's making a quiet name for themselves i didn't really get to watch most of this game but what i did see is like notre dame does not look comfortable on 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 offense at all Mm -hmm. and their defense just gets gassed half the time I mean, they're out there for so. I mean, they're out there the majority of the game last uh, last week. But I like Louisville. Louisville Louisville's giving me some vibes from that 2016 uh, 2016 chance. But they don't really play a really big threatening team. I think they play Clemson. That's probably the biggest threat they have right now coming into their schedule. Oh my god! And they have to play Miami as well. I think they play Miami next week. Oh my god! But not this like not this week, but next uh, this next coming up week. I'm sorry. Because Miami. Sec- one second. Atlanta just won. Robbed. Double play. Love this. All right. Sorry. What, they won? They won. Wow. 1-1. One, one, what? Oh, my gosh, dude. I bet you're happy for that. God, that one that was one. close. We needed that one. <laughs> Y'all needed that one bad. All right. But let's go back to your point. Louisville, Louisville's, gonna be, Louisville's making a name for themselves, especially with the – not going to say cupcake schedule because, I mean, they do have to play some teams. The only, the only two teams they do avoid is North Carolina and Florida State. And that is one question that is like – raising right now is if all these teams go undefeated mm. who do you put in the ACC championship it's like cuz like none of these teams play each other this year North Carolina doesn't play Florida State Florida State doesn't play Louisville and Louisville doesn't play any one of those teams none of them play each other so i mean if they go undefeated and Louisville has the good and Louisville has a good resume and they're and um they dominate the rest of their games i mean you have to Put them in some kind in some kind of conversation for for a conference championship for sure. Oh yeah. And then if they win their conference championship, who knows? Louisville could be a playoff team. I mean, there's I mean, once again, Cinderella stories are true. TCU was that Cinderella story for last year. Yep. Um, Cincinnati the year before. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're gonna go in and win, 
but I mean, it'd be nice to see another team like that go into the playoffs and just change up the narrative of all these same teams staying uh, all going in there and just having different having different teams showing like this 12-man playoff as me and you have always talked about is going to come into play so good next year because these there's always these good teams that go undefeated and possibly lose in a conference championship and don't make the playoffs. That's what I mean this this shows it this year that that uh that bracket is going to come into play. But I like Louisville, man. They're fun, they're fun to watch. Um they're always going to be an underdog in their games and I love a good underdog. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame's got some stuff to figure out, especially before this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, especially on the offensive side of the ball, it just seems like they're so scared. They're so scared to take a deep shot. But they're in the run game. Once they, if you shut down the run game, it's over. It's yeah. over. Basically, you just got to put this in. It's all on Sam Hartman, and that's what I feel like they're doing. But we'll figure it out this coming up week. But a uh, good win for the Cardinals for sure. I want them to keep it going, and who knows? I would love to see them in a conference championship because that would be fun to watch. I don't think I've ever seen Louisville in a. Uh, ACC championship game before. I know, right? I don't. They weren't with. They, they didn't make it with Lamar. Did they? No, Lamar got two losses. Yeah, losses, two games. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to Louisville, they're the very they're the they're the fun story. Like you said, they're the Cinderella story. They're the fun story of college football this year. When it comes to legitimate, you know, contender ish teams, they're undefeated. They have everything in front of them. Like you said, they have a hard enough schedule to get enough, you know, leverage to if they were to win an ACC championship to be in the consideration, you know, of a possible playoff berth. And like you said, I couldn't have said it any better. This is like this team right here, Louisville is the perfect example why the 12 team bracket is going to be perfect for college football because if a Louisville were to win and beat a Florida State, they still might not make it, but just because Schedules a little, and, and so it's. Mm. This is exactly why the twelve team bracket is going to be perfect for college football. There's going to be so much parity, and and if you lose one game, the season's not dead. And if they were to lose to a Florida State, their season's not dead. But I love this team. Are they are they contenders? I don't know about that. But this defense has a lot of good players. Plummer, he. Look good, the yeah. plum. I was the just plumber. looking at. I, I was just looking at his stats right now. He's he's hey, kind of cooking. He's hey efficient during this game. They didn't let him go crazy. The plumber looked good. And guess what? That running back. Let me. I mean, I I got his name pulled up. Let me let me make an attempt at this. Jahar Jahar Jordan. Jahar Jordan. Oh man, that's a. Yes, I know. I saw that this morning. I said, yeah. oh, "This is gonna be a fun one." Jahar Jordan. I'm ninety percent sure. I, I think that's how they said during the broadcast. One forty three. 21 carries, 143, two tuds, and he has looked unreal this year, man. It's not just like 6.4 yards against his conference opponents right now. 7.5 in the season, man. He's <laughs> he's he is carrying the rock. Eight tuds already. 6.53 halfway through the year. He could. I don't know where that ranks among um, players in the entire country, but man, you know. Uh, I love what they're doing. They no, oh, hello. Um, I love what they're doing when it comes to you know what this team. It let me rephrase that. This team plays to the game they're playing. They they didn't go out here and say we're gonna come out here and you know we're gonna out we're gonna go out here and outscore them by fifty. They played the game perfectly. Like they controlled mm-hmm. the game perfectly. I love what I saw from. Just that coaching staff, like Marcus. I like Marcus Freeman, but he got out coached, and 
it was a little shocking to see. Louisville's got a lot of good players, man. Like I said, though, is this team, can they compete? Can they go to the ACC championship and actually have a chance? I kind of agree with you. I still believe North Carolina just has a little bit more, a little bit more talent on both sides of the ball. They have they have Drake May. That's about yes. all you can say. That's what I'm saying. They have Drake May. But I mean, here's Louisville. Okay, so after this, they play Pitt this weekend, and then they go and then they play Duke. That's gonna be a tough. That's gonna be yeah. a fun game. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech, Virginia. Then they play at Miami, and then they have Kentucky. And if Miami and Kentucky are both ranked by that by those times. I mean, that could be enough to push them towards an ACC championship appearance, depending on how the cards are, are like how the dominoes fall mm. for all three of these teams. Because, I mean, North Carolina has North Carolina always has a way of just losing that one game, mm. just losing that one game. Yep. But uh, I think that was a fun topic to talk about. Uh, you know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's playoff chances are done. Louisville yeah. keeps it going on. But uh Let's stay in the ACC and talk about this hmm. master class hmm. of just what ha- like just it was it was mind boggling. I was on the phone with you on my way home from work. And I saw the score. I was like, okay, Miami won that game. <laughs> Miami lost the game yep. with thirty seconds left. Yep. You are three point. You have three points. Okay, you're up twenty three to twenty. Or you're yeah, you're up twenty three to twenty, and you hand the ball off. What's the worst thing that can happen? Oh man, thirty seconds left. What's the worst thing that can happen if you hand the ball off? Oh, maybe a fumble. Miami fumbles the ball, fumbles the ball, and then Georgia Tech gets the ball back. Georgia Tech <laughs> lost to Grambling, or no, no, lost to Bowling Green. They lost to Bowling Green the week before, yeah. and they came in your house and you gave them what they needed they you gave them hope you saw they saw the light at the end of the tunnel and i swear to god they just sprinted <laughs> they had usain bolt speed and ran and haynes king hits that one deep shot down the field okay gets out of bounds or he or i think he clocks the ball and then your defense just absolutely just Choke. craps the bed craps, craps the bed dude how do you leave a man that wide open? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Why? Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal, go get yourself a Chuck E. Cheese application, bro. You're done. You're done. Flip, get the U. Get the U real fast. Flip it down. Break it. It's over with. Okay, that was just embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. That was dog water. How do you just not need the ball? Georgia Tech's not even that good, dog. Georgia Tech is not good at all. They are, they are dog water. How do you not just need the ball? Play smart. And then he comes out in the press conference, Mario Cristobal, and says, yeah, probably shouldn't need the ball. You don't say. You don't say that at all. Man, it's not like my five-year-old net. It's not like my five-year-old cousin could tell me that. Look at this guy. He watches football. But, I mean, come on. You're telling me that you just don't need the ball with 30 seconds. Do you see Nick Saban doing that? (laughs) Yeah, we yeah, we did. We did do that, but we threw it out. But guess what? Guess what? Instead of well, doing anything, no. we threw it out of bounds. That was different. We threw it out yeah. of bounds. That was different. Yeah, we threw it out of bounds. We we won. Yeah. But how do you just not need the ball, man? That's insane. And I know your reaction, you got to see it live. <sighs> so how what was your mind what was your thought process going on when you saw that happen? I just I didn't even think of anything of it when they ran the ball. And then I saw the ball come out and I said, There's no there's no way this just happened. There I cause I was like, kinda like mildly watching. I was like, Oh, Miami's won. Like I was just it was over. Like I it's over. 
Like, yeah, when I checked just, ESPN, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's game. Right? They'll like, need the ball. They should have. They'll need the ball, and it's over. I see him hand the ball off. I was like, okay, I guess we're playing Madden out here, and we don't want to dang need the ball. You know, the most hated play in Madden, the most util- the most amazing play in real life, you know. And they said, no, we're playing Madden. We're playing for yards, handoff, and guess what? He fumbles the ball. And, I mean, watching it, I was just like, what is – what is going on right now? Like, I could not believe. For, and, like, yeah, you can make a debate. Did he fumble it? Did he not? It was close. It was very, 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 very close. I can understand if you didn't. But I mean, it, that's, it, that's like close to call. It's, it's, it was a – that was football gods at work, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was a fumble. You don't run the ball. And guess no, what? What happens to you, that's also a football gods. Leaving that guy wide open, that's – it's just – when you allow a team to have a chance like that, you're not going to win the football game. And I, I, all I got to say is I'll never in my life, ever, ever, ever again defend Miami, uh, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes, I'll never defend them ever again in my life. I came out here a couple pods and said this team actually looks good. Never in my life will I ever defend this team again. Mario Cristobal, master class at the end. It's unacceptable. That's all I got to say. Miami. I, saw, I, saw, I, I just don't understand that. Like, I just don't understand how you look at your offense. Like, you had like after that happened, there were offensive linemen on crying. the sidelines just crying. crying, just crying, man. Like, you made a grown man cry because yep. of your idiotic play calling. Yep. I mean, that that game's in the bag. bag. You were still undefeated. Mm. You're still undefeated if you go and just knee the ball, and then you're ba- you're still in the run to make a champ like in the ACC. Now you're just now you're just a laughing stock of college football right now. Yep. Like you were literally the laughing stock. I thought Southern Miss was. <laughs> no, this team right here just one up us bit one up the Golden Eagles big time. I think they did. I mean they took that title even though Southern Miss looked horrible again this week. <laughs> I once again I can't talk about that. I'll hurt I'll hurt feelings. But I think like, everyone agrees. Just, <laughs> I think you just gotta like you just got I mean, you gotta play smart ball, man. Play smart ball. Because you literally just ruined your chances at possibly making an ACC championship game and possibly a playoff run. Once again, every game counts. That right there showed it. Yep, that's that, that right that there showed it. You moment. can say his elbow was down. You can say his elbow was down. That was like that was a gut punch right there. Straight gut punch. It's football gods at work, man. That's all I gotta say. Football man. gods at work for sure. That will never. Ever just I, I probably won't watch a Miami game again. It feels like these moments have to happen like every like like ten years just to remind everybody that any team can win at any given moment. It doesn't just imagine matter. that stadium. Just imagine that oh, stadium. Imagine being a Miami fan, man. Oh my god! Hey, not a Dolphins fan. Not a Dolphins not fan. A Dolphins Miami fan. Hurricanes fan. Being a Hurricanes fan. Hurricanes there. I don't know how I would react to that loss, man. I literally would probably. That would probably be as bad as LSU's loss to Troy. And that was a terrible loss, man. So it's like, um, uh, oh. no, that one was just that, no. This one, right? That one was bad. This one right here was just stupid. It's just pure, stupid. pure idiotic, idiocy, man. It's just, oh man. These, I mean, Miami used to be a top team, but now they're not. No. So, Miami speaking of top teams, hey, nice transition. Let's go. 
Let's get into these top teams, my man. We got we got our top six. We got to get it out here. And we also got to give our top five Heisman's. Let's start with these top six players. I mean, teams. Teams. After six. Oh, man, that would be hard. Yeah, that's, that, that is kind of a fun debate maybe we could have at some point. But Ooh, we'll, top, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we might have to. Top six teams in the country after week six. This is obviously a little bit of a highlight to our top 25, which you can find on Nate Dog Sports NDS underscore CFB. You can find that all out there on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Let's get these top six teams. I don't know if there's going to be much movement in your top six CDM, but let, let, you start us off here. What do you got? Six to one. Okay, so six to one. I'm going to take Penn State. Penn State at six right now. Um, I think they had a bye week, correct? Or they yes. played some no- – nope. yeah, they had a bye week. I have a bye so, week. I mean, they're going to stay the same. Oklahoma at five. You got to put them up in the top five after such an amazing, crazy, fantastic win that they had. Um, They are a top five team right now. They are. There's no debate about it. I mean, you see it on paper. You see it on the field. You see it in the coaching staff. That team is a top five team right now. So they're uh, Florida State at four. Um, You know, I think they deserve the move up, especially since Texas has lost now. Texas is no longer in the top five at the moment. Um, so I'm going to put them at four. Good win against who they play. They played somebody. FSU played, played, um, who FSU? Yeah. FSU. Who'd they play? They played, uh, uh I got it right here. I haven't pulled up. It, they played the Virginia Johnson. tech. Okay. Yeah. They played Virginia tech and smoked them. They're yeah. running back had over 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Like on 12, they're years. running the ball a lot. <laughs> yeah. They're running the ball a lot more efficient as well. Yes. Like when that LSU game came around, they only average and like a couple games after that, they were only averaging three, three and a half yards, a carry. Oh, good catch. That's not Devontae Adams. Why are we not giving Devontae Adams the ball? <laughs> Jimmy looks good on it. Hey, uh, okay. But um, Florida State, they're looking a lot better in the run game. It's mm. starting to open up a lot more and not relying on all their playmakers on the outside. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that to get them cooked up. But if you have a if you balance it out with an elite run game, there's no stopping your offense. So Florida State at four, Ohio State at three, and which is really weird because – it's just they struggle. I'm not confident in Ohio State at all. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. Like, offense and defense, I'm just not confident. They haven't really played anybody yet, but the teams that they have played, they have just given – these other teams have given them trouble. And Ohio State seem, cannot, seem to not answer any of, like, the adversity they have right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, Maryland. Maryland's no, no slouch right now. Tulia, uh, Tulia played a really good Talia. game. Tulia's little Ta- brother. Ta- Talia, my bad. Yeah, Talia played a really good game. Um, but they came back from that and won 37-17. So, um, good for them. Michigan at two. And you're going to think – I think you would agree. Most people in the most people think I'm, you know, right there. I think Michigan is the number one team in the country right now. They had the I best think, roster, I think. I think – they're so deep, dude. They're it's so, so deep. deep. But I got Michigan at two right now, and then Georgia at one. Georgia, Georgia after last week, even though me and you both picked them to lose, or you didn't pick Georgia to lose, but we both, you know, somehow we think Georgia's going to lose a game, and then they come up and put up fifty points yep. and just dominate. Brock Bowers is a stud. Carson Beck looked good last game. Mm-hmm. Carson Beck looked really good, uh, efficient throwing the ball. Yeah. I think at one point he was like eleven, eleven for three touchdowns. Like it's stupid good. And then, um, you know, I really – I mean, Michigan and Georgia, there's a toss-up between either one. But Georgia right now, the defending champs, hasn't done anything to lose that number one spot. 
Um, but that was my top six, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Oklahoma, Penn State. What about yourself, my man? Yes. Six to one. I, I hear you, man. I'm kind of with you when it comes to some of these spots. Starting at six, I got to keep the Nittany Lions there. We might mm-hmm. see some movement with the Pac-12, obviously, with a big game this weekend. But Penn State, off of a bye, hold their spot. That much to say, I love their defense. It's the best in the country. They're going to hold that spot until otherwise, probably. Number five, I came to the season really high on this team. They haven't showed me enough. They had a big win this season, but is it really a big win anymore? I got number five, Ohio State. The I Buckeyes. You, I love that one. The Buckeyes are they're good, man, but their defense is good. But uh, uh, they just this last week, and yeah, like you said, Maryland is a good team, and I don't want to take anything away from Maryland. They came in that game ready for some football. And yeah, Ohio State responded pretty well after some you know early adversity in the game, but I don't know. There's something about this team that's not clicking. You're not getting the ball to your best player, you know. In 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 what is it? In Buka, he's not he's not he's not showing out either. I mean, but he's their number one receiver, and he that doesn't what make about sense. Marvin Harrison Jr. That's what I'm saying, like. He's getting the ball more than Marvin oh, Harrison Jr. And see, like I feel like they're doing the opposite of what Georgia's doing. Georgia is feeding Brock Bowers yes. the ball right now. Yes, they're not feeding Martin. They're not feeding their, as you said, their best player on the field. They're not feeding him the ball enough, and that's what they need to do. <laughs> and um, I agree with that one hundred percent. I don't think Kyle McCord's looking like the guy right now. It's weird for me because everyone on the planet, everyone on the planet knows how good, um. Marvin Harrison Jr. is like there's like not a single human being that watches football and yeah he cooked this weekend I understand that he looked great this weekend but it still does not feel like he he I need him to get the ball as many consistency times as need possible consistency. this is like the first week where I was like all right maybe Ohio State's starting to figure out this guy's their best player it's been past weeks where yeah and it comes down to situations I get it. You know, and 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 Buka got hurt, so Marvin Harrison did have to step up in this one. But and I love their tight end, by the way, Stover. That guy's an animal. He needs to get the ball more too. He's so big. Um, Pause real fast. They blocked the field goal. They blocked it. Oh, jeez. Thank God, Jordan Love, go out there and score. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ohio State. It's like every single time I get on back on Ohio on Ohio State, they do something where I'm just like. I'm not seeing enough. It's just not mm-hmm. enough. Good run there. Um, so for me, Ohio State at five until I just need I need they need to get a big win and they got a lot of big games in front of them. So it's one of the they're another one of these teams where it's like listen, let them get to the Penn State game if they, if they can win that one, put up some good points against that defense, then I'll That's then I'll then I'll listen. But. Um, number five, Ohio State, until I see a little bit more on that mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball. Number four, I still believe is the most talented football team in the country, and they showed it in the back in the backfield this weekend, the Florida State Seminoles. Oh. They are very good at football, man. Trey Benson starting to get his touches that he deserves. Only 12 carries, like you said, 200 yards, going absolutely bananas. A ridiculous football game from him. Domination. And I love this lineup. The receivers are ridiculous. The defense is starting to play good football. I mean, not starting. They've been playing great football, and they're getting better every week. And 
if Jordan Travis keeps just playing smart, efficient football, this team's going to win the ACC, and that should be enough to get him into the playoffs. I like their odds. I love their roster. A lot of teams like this squad, and I still believe they have the most talent in the country when it comes to starters. When it comes to depth, when it comes to depth, that's a different thing. But when it comes to their starters, their no. star players, man, Florida State's got them every freaking where. I mean, Keon Coleman's still there, man. He's, I have yeah. not seen that man just not – I haven't seen him disappear yet. That's the thing. Like, he, they're constantly finding ways to give him the ball. God, that was a terrible pick by Jordan Love earlier. Dude, that was disgusting. <laughs> so he threw bad. It right to him. Just right to that linebacker. But um read him like a bull. Read him bad. But Florida State, like I said, talent wise when it comes to their starters, I love what I'm seeing from these guys. And hey, you never know. They got everything in front of them. I'm a big fan of the Seminoles. Number three, gotta give respect to those Sooners. I had Texas at two, gotta put this team at three. Love, 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 love this team. They have so much skill. They have so many players. They have great coaching, and they have a guy at that quarterback position. Dylan Gabriel is a freaking good quarterback, man. That guy is so good. Like, we talked about it off the pod and when we're on the phone about it's – it's the little things, man. It's, he creates plays. He's not afraid to use his legs. He, he could throw the ball in a keyhole. He's got arm talent like crazy. Underrated wheels. Like, he is legitimately fast. He's got a little bit of that Caleb Williams in him. It kind of reminds me of Tua when he slings a rot down the field. You know, yeah. he's got a lot of intangibles that, you know, can win you a Heisman, first of all, but also win you big, big games. And he showed that. He's had the first legit Heisman moment of the season. Got to give respect. And he's been centers. balling all year, dude. Like, he's been throwing, like, four or five touchdown games. Yeah. He, this come uh, yeah. Besides this game. This game was not the throwing touchdowns, but that final drive showed it for sure. He just he just locked in. And, I mean, he's unbelievable. Oklahoma's he, really Yeah, good. Heisman moment, dude, as you said. Heisman moment. Yeah, he was so good. So, I got to give respect to those Sooners out there in Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. Uh, number two, and you – I would agree with these number one and number two. Not going to get too much in depth. Michigan is unbelievably talented. They return so many good players. JJ's playing better every every week. They still got their running back duo. The line, I mean, the uh, defense is great. Offensive line is a uh, Jim Harbaugh. Offensive line in college is great. The receivers are talented. They're getting better every week. The depth is insane. If the, if we talked about it too. If there was one year, if there's a year for Michigan to win it, it is this year. And they're coming out, and this defense, man, they have yet to allow a 10-point game. I think, once again, they have not allowed a 10-point game. It's insane what we're seeing from the – yes, and I know, I know. Oh, oh yeah, they, they allowed they allowed ten. To, oh, my my fault. They allowed ten to Minnesota, so ten and under, fifty two to ten. So, did you see what the Minnesota coach came out and said? What? what he said? This is the best team he's seen in eleven years of his of him coaching. He said they are good offensively, defensively. They have depth. They're balanced, and I agree with everything that they that he said. Yeah. Like that team is so good that you could make a toss up between them and Georgia being yes. at number one. If yes. Georgia has one more bad game or just has a close enough game yeah. with some team, even though they play Vanderbilt this weekend, um, if they have a close game with another team, it's just like, do you want is Georgia really the number one team? Mm. And if, especially if Michigan beats Penn State and beats Ohio State, 
mm. then they run like they're they're probably the best team in college football if they win those two games and win their conference. Yep, hundred percent, man. This Michigan is so good; they're fun to watch. If there was a sing, if there was a season that they should do it, it's this year. They've got the experience in the playoffs the last two seasons. They haven't looked great. I know they want to prove a lot of people wrong and unwrite that narrative that's around them when it comes to playoff games. So. Michigan's on the hunt this year, and I like that team, like their talent, like their depth. Number one, mm-hmm. Georgia Bulldogs, what they did to the Kentucky Wildcats was yeah. disrespectful, unbelievable Embarrassing. talent. Brock Bauer is the best player in the country. No more debate. He is unfreaking real In my opinion, he should be the first player off the board that's not a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I agree Over with Marvin you. Harrison I totally Jr. agree with that. I think either him and Marvin Harrison. It's definitely between those two. I believe Brock is dressed. He's generational, man. And Marvin is I mean, too. He, Marvin he is did too, just break A.J. Green's touchdown record at Georgia, so that shows so, anything. He's so freaking good, man. When he dropped the ball, I was like, this, I've never this is, never seen you drop a ball like that, man. Like, what's is, going on? This is new to me. This, what is he got the flu or what's what happened? You he's know? human. He's, he's human. He's human. You know, and then I think he caught a pass on like the next play for a touchdown. So, I mean, Brock Bowers, unbelievable talent. So fun to watch. Georgia with Carson Beck playing like this, they have they can beat any squad in the country. Once again, this team could repeat for a third straight year. The three-peat would be insane. We haven't seen that in like since like the freaking 50s. I don't want to see that. I'd, <laughs> I'd rather not see that. I'd rather see somebody wouldn't, else. Wouldn't it be hilarious? We're all talking about how parody. We've seen so much parody this season, and Georgia just goes out there and wins a third straight championship. If like, they do that, bro, I'm just no, – There's no man, parody. <laughs> there's no parody, but I mean – I mean, I would I would legit cry, dude. I mean, it could it easily could happen, but would, I hope it doesn't. It would happen. be one of the greatest dynasties I've ever witnessed in my entire life if that's pulled off. But, I mean, you did witness the I mean the Alabama dynasty. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's one of the best. Yeah. I mean, you got to see Alabama, Clemson had a little run in there. I mean, we saw the Patriots over the last freaking 15 years. So we've seen some amazing freaking. Di- I mean, the Chiefs right now. We've seen some amazing. Yeah, I was about dynasties. to say the Chiefs. So. This one would have to be at all time if they can win three in a row. But that's all I got to say about the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's get into I like this. You, I hey. like having Oklahoma at three. I like that a lot. Hey, I respect that, man. Hey, this team's good, man. And I had a respect. Of, I had a lot of respect for Texas. After what they did to that defense I, that I thought was really good. And I still think they're pretty good. But Oklahoma, man, they got so much skills. Oklahoma, Oklahoma's good. We'll see, man. We'll see what's going on. Let's get to this. Hey, Boomer Sooner. Let's get into this Heisman watch. College Kings Heisman watch. Once again, drop our top five. And, yeah, I think we're going to see some seeing some shifts here in this Heisman top five. CDM, five to one. What you got? Okay, so at five, he's entering back into the Heisman conversation. We got Jordan Travis at five. Um, I don't really think these – like the Clemson game and the Boston College game were pretty rough, um, but that was rough – as a team yeah. for a team in general, not just on him, but I'm going to put him at five. He's back in the Heisman competition. Uh, Bo Nix. And he got hurt. Yeah. Too, he, so. he got hurt. He got hurt, but he still came out, won the game. So he's got the grit. He's yeah. got the grit for sure. Got that dog in him. Oh, um, Bo Nix at four. Oregon's good. Hmm. Bo Nix is good. Bo Nix is a quarter. Bo Nix is a top five quarterback right now in this draft class for sure. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of QB talent right now, but I think Bo Nix is, in that top five. Um, I hope his game can transition over into the NFL, just depending on who gets them, maybe like the New England Patriots. Um, but I got Bo Nix right there. We'll actually find out about this one. Uh, 
But my number three, I got Michael Penix Jr. And there's a battle right there because, I mean, we'll talk about that later. But, mm-hmm. you know, that one of them's dropping out. One of them can drop out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Penix right now is just slinging the rock, man. I mean, he is one of the most efficient passers right now. Um, over over 2,000 yards passing, um, I think 11 touchdowns, over nah, double-digit touchdowns. You're disrespecting him. That's, I think he's got 16 tons this year. Dear Lord in heaven. Plus, I mean, he's got one of the best wide receiving rooms right now in college football. Yeah, that was. That, I saw a post real quick. I'm sorry, and I don't. No, want to, go, no, continue. It, this was an incredible, incredible post. I thought it was exactly what should be said. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the great, is the best college receiver prospect. There's no, he's the best in the class this year. No one's d- d- doubting that. But, yeah. but. I mm-hmm. gotta pull up Rome Odu- Oduns Oduns Odins Odins the number Ooh, one receiver I... number one receiver for Washington. I, I have yeah. all, I've always had trouble saying his name. O d u n z e Odins. I think that's how you say it. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. That's weird. But he is the best player. He's the best receiver in college football this season. Uh, I mean, there is a wide receiver at Missouri. That wide receiver at Missouri who cooks. He's, he's good. good. He's good. He's good. He's in the Heisman. He's like top. He's in top ten for Heisman for sure. But Michael Penix Jr. is just tearing it up right now, man. Um, once again, we'll find out this weekend when he has to play an elite defense. But I got Michael Penix at three at number two, making a giant leap. Dylan Gabriel mm. for Oklahoma. I think he's shown enough right now. I think that Red River game really showed what he was about. Um, once again, no, uh, only one passing touchdown, but the versatility around him is insane. As you said, his legs, his pocket presence, his arm talent, the way he throws the ball, um, everything about him. He he has a Heisman. He has Heisman potential, and he had a Heisman moment. He had his Heisman moment. So if that doesn't show you that this man is capable of going up to New York and being a contender and possibly winning that trophy. For an, for Oklahoma again, that'd be crazy, having another Oklahoma quarterback win the Heisman. Um, that would be insane. But Dylan Gabriel too, and then one I'm gonna still stick with Caleb Williams. It was a toss up between him and Dylan Gabriel and Michael Penix for sure, because Michael Penix, in my opinion, is out is out playing Caleb Williams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb looked mid last game for sure. He looked mid, but. His le- he showed it with his legs. He showed that he didn't always have to kill it with his arm, that he can do it with his legs as well. As I said, thir- negative 13 rushing yards in the first half. In the second half, 95 with three rushing touchdowns. It's insane. So I mean, there was one uh, one goal line play where he they stuffed him, but he just he showed who the bigger man was and just reached over and t- mm-hmm. got that ball to break the plane. But that's my uh, – I'm going to keep Caleb at one right now, but I can see that shifting for sure. Especially once again, the week is another exciting week for college football, but I got Jordan Travis at five, Bo at four, Michael at three, Dylan at two, Caleb at one. What about yourself, my guy? Yeah, it's number five is such a toss up. There's guys you could throw in there with two losses. It's like, what What are we talking about? But there's been so many good players on so many other teams in this in the country right now. They're just cooking. No matter what, like if they weren't on their team, their team might not have a single win. So it's hard, but I'm sticking with the team that's undefeated. He came into the season as a favorite for this reward. Kind of fell out, didn't start the season great, but now he's playing some good football. Yeah, interceptions were kind of a problem early on. Like I said, it wasn't a great start, but what he's doing with his legs and throwing the ball recently, I mean, he's showing why he is the number two prospect. He was at least the number two uh, quarterback prospect coming into this uh, coming into this season, 
Got to get Drake May out there in North Carolina at number respect, five. Respect. He has looked really good over these last couple of weeks playing some some just some gritty football. You know, it, how do you respond to your adversity is a big thing in college football. Uh, for me and this team early on, offensively, they looked good, but they were in some weird games. Everyone's talking about how, hey, they actually might have a – defense and yeah the defense looks better than it has you know defense has been really bad over the last few years but to see him come out here and kind of start cooking again looking really good he has 1600 passing yards eight tuds four picks but his biggest stats for me 174 on the ground and four rushing touchdowns that's number two on the team he's he is he's finding other ways to beat teams he is such an interesting talent because he's kind of like Caleb Caleb is much better runner like just pure runner but Drake, he's like kind of a it's hard to compare him to somebody, but I don't I don't even know who to compare him to in the NFL because I don't want to say Josh Allen because he's not that he's not that big of a guy, but his, he's got a rocket of the arm though. He's, he's got, got a, a rocket, rocket and he, he runs hard like Josh Allen. So it's like that's why I want to say Josh Allen. I love his effort and his grit. I mean, he is such an he is such a he's a player that you want to root for. So um mm-hmm. those stats are enough and they're undefeated in the in the ACC. Got everything in front of them. I really like what I've seen from Drake May. Kind of rewriting the narrative around him after you know a rough start uh, on the season. Number four for me, Bo Nix. The campaign continues yeah. for Mister Bo up there in Oregon. I'll, everyone loves him. Everyone loves him out there. Bo and you can go. And Bo can way. go, man. Hey, he's from. Uh, Bo picks to you know Bo to Bo Nicks. You know, <laughs> you know he he's gone his he's he's had his fair share. <laughs> I remember man. that he's had his fair share of hate and for him to to grow into the quarterback he is now, he's one of those guys. It's like almost impossible not to root for for me. And I know it's kind of fun for you to actually be able to root for him now. You know, oh yeah, I love it. I love it. He's so I'm fun. Glad he left Auburn. I know you are. I know you are. I'm glad he left Auburn. I'm glad he went to Oregon because I love Oregon. I have a soft spot for yeah, Oregon just like I have a soft spot for Penn State. Um, even though last year I was like, eh, I mean, is it going to be good? Is Oregon going to be good, especially after that Georgia Georgia team? Um, but now he's just grown into his own player. I mean, also it took him getting out of one of the hardest conferences to play, which the SEC is yeah. not meant for the week. No, the SEC is not meant for the week at all. At least he has this under his belt. At least he can say that he beat Alabama. That's what I'm saying. He can't he, say he got that. to he got to play against that competition at least and learn from it. So yeah, why are they not throwing Devontae Adams the ball? That well, is just is it a Jacoby okay, Myers masterclass? Um, uh, continue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bo Nix. Everyone loves him out there in Eugene. It's hard not to root for. Love his style. Love his game. He continues to impress with a big game on the horizon. He has an opportunity to maybe launch himself up into that top three after this week. Number three for me, the man, the myth, the legend. He is the best quarterback in the country. No one's doubting that. I'm not doubting that myself. But like you said, he was kind of mid this week. and he's First of all, I do want to say, I am a guy that believes in quarterbacks that carry teams. And, yes, this guy is absolutely carrying this football team on his back. And I don't want to take anything away from this from this guy. Caleb Williams at three for me. I just think we got a couple of players in this country right now that have had bigger moments or playing just better football. And right now, Caleb is still up. He still has, like I said, a lot of times. he's up, He's got everything in front of him as well. Big game this weekend. He can have a couple of Heisman moments to launch himself back into that number one spot for me. But 
in front of him, I got my man Dylan Gabriel. I'm there in Oklahoma. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness, dude. Right when I said Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy G Masterclass. Yep. Yep. Who is he throwing to, Devontae? Uh, no. <laughs> Who got the pick? Oh no, that's I was hoping it was Dyer Alexander Alexander to kinda kinda get one on Devontae, but but yeah, I got Dylan Gabriel here. Okay, right, look, real quick, real quick, fans, I got to see this uh, pick, uh, pick, because uh, you know Jimmy G's the best quarterback of all time. This is a, such such a shot. Oh my god, just just dude. that was actually right to him. That was just just no arm strength, man. <laughs> That's just, all that was. <laughs> okay, uh, it was to was that to, that was to Devontae Adams. <laughs> oh, that was to Devontae Adams. That's so sad. Pain, but yes, Dylan Gabriel. Absolute animal. Like I've said a thousand times, he had his Heisman moment. I I look into Heisman moments big time. Those are the moments that matter most in your season. But, you know, are you that guy? Are you that guy? We've seen guys in the past, you know, had to make a couple of plays to earn that. And the one that comes up to my mind, and, yeah, I'm a little bit of a homer on this one, but when Joe Burrow gets the first down against Alabama to beat Alabama in that game – that was mm-hmm. like on that read option. That was his moment. That was his first Heisman where I was like, he actually has a chance to win this award. And then what he did against Georgia, the roll out of the Trayvon Walker. And just dump it off to Justin Jefferson. And then that was the moment where I was like, all right, let's give him the award immediately. So I, I do look into those moments so much. I really truly believe those moments are what elevate players in their game and their confidence. So Dylan Gabriel, that's not – just a moment in time. That's it's not just a thing in the past. That's a moment that he will never forget. Beating Texas in the biggest one of the biggest rivalries in college football, probably the most entertaining rivalry in college football. He'll never forget that moment. And for you know, that all that's gonna do is just make him way more confident and truly believe that he is that guy. And guess what? He is that guy. He proved it. I mean, proved he proved it. it with that win. He is unbelievable. Love the root for him. I'm so glad to see him kind of have a chance to prove that he is that guy from after UCF to the to Oklahoma and have a chance at the playoffs. They play UCF this week. Hey, revenge tour, baby. That's even it. better. Love it. Love it. Love it. But number one for me, got my guy, Michael Pinnock Jr. No disrespect, CDM, but I got to give these stats how they are, truly how gotta they are. Got to give us some love, man. He is unbelievable. Real this season. I haven't pulled up actually and got rid of him. Here we go. Michael Penix Jr. this season. One nine one all right. A thousand and nine hundred and ninety nine passing yards. So we'll say two thousand passing yards already on the season. Two thousand. Two thousand passing yards, sixteen tuds, two picks, seventy five percent completion percentage. Animal. <laughs> animal. This guy is unfreaking real. He is <laughs> he just slings the rock, man. He has Eight rushes on the season <laughs> for nine yards. He is a pocket passer at heart. He is a pocket, yeah, at heart pocket passer. He is, he is so good, man. I, uh, I think he's the most talented. Pa- oh, sorry, almost choked there. You good? He is. I truly think he is the best passer without a doubt in this class. He can throw the ball anywhere on the football field. We saw it. We've talked about it in past pods. We saw the talent. I never thought he'd be this good. <laughs> I did not expect this from Michael Penix, but Michael Penix, everything he's done this season, so impressed. He's my number one guy going into week seven. 
All right. See you. Once again, those once again, those odds can change. We'll see what oh. happens. Once again, we have a really big, big game. game. We'll get to that soon. We'll get to that soon. Yes, we will. Let's get into our first ever College Kings playoff prediction. Oh man. We made one this at the beginning tough. of the Hey, we made one at the beginning of the year. Let's see how things have shifted as the season goes on. No one's going to be perfect. No one's going to have all the answers. This season has been kind of chaotic too, so it's obvious that we're going to kind of maybe see some teams shift around, some teams that we didn't expect to end here. CDM, start us off. Four to one. Who you got? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I was really, I was really up for grabs on this one because I, at one point, I had Bama, but it was just like, eh. I mean, can't. I don't know right now. It's just like hit or miss, up and down. So at four. Boomer sooner, baby. I'm taking Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma wins the Big 12 championship, sweeps Texas, and goes back to the college football playoffs. At three, I have the dogs, Georgia Bulldogs, going down. Um, I think they do come out of the SEC, depending on what happens, how each road, how the road takes us between Bama and other teams that are still competitive in the SEC mm-hmm. and Georgia as well. Georgia's been a little – Georgia's been a little eh lately. Been mm-hmm. a little eh, even though last week they did show that they are still here. Um, but I got Georgia at three at two. I'm going to take the team that you love the most, the team with some of the most talented players in college football right now. I'm taking the Knowles. I'm taking it. FSU, Florida State at two. Um, you know, it's been a last time we saw them was when the college football playoff happened and it was just embarrassing. It's just an embarrassing loss to Oregon. Jameis and Jameis and Marcus Murray going at it. Oregon came on top and then at one, which who I think can be and still I think who can be the number one team. I'm going to take the Wolverines. I'm going to take Michigan being the number one team at the end of the season and the number one seed coming in. Um, uh, you know, e- these teams, each one of these teams has the has it right in front of them. They have it all right in front of them. They're all undefeated right now. They can all be undefeated by the time they get to the playoffs as well, which would be un- unbelievable to see that. But it just depends on what happens. Um, Kyle, we still got a lot of football to play, a long season to go. And, you know, each one of these teams has, a, has um, what would I say, um, obstacles in front of them with yeah. other teams with just the same amount of talent as them um, in their conference and outside of conference, depending on how they play. But Michigan at one, Florida State at two, Georgia at three, Ohio uh, or uh, Oklahoma at four. But can you imagine a Florida State versus Georgia game in the playoffs? Wouldn't that be fun to watch, man? And a Mich- Michigan and Oklahoma too. That would be insane. But I'm hoping one day. I'm hoping. I'm hoping by the end of this, I can see the tide. Hoping I can see the tide back up in right. the top five. Everything's top possible. Four. Everything's possible. Anything's possible. Kevin Garnett, baby. Hey, anything's possible, baby. Let me give you mine, CDM. I kind of Go agree ahead. on this FSU-Georgia matchup, just in a different seating order. Number four, I'm starting with the Seminoles. I've said how much okay. I like them. I do think winning the ACC will be enough, but ACC is a little shaky when it comes to its depth. They've got some good teams at the top. How much How much are we looking into a Clemson win? How much are we even looking into an LSU win at this point? Is that a great win anymore with how terrible the defense is? Um, you tell me. I don't know. Them stopping the offense is still very impressive. I love their defense um, of talent. It's about just continuing to grow and showing that they can actually like make some big-time stops uh, against big-time yeah. offenses later in the season. That's when it matters. But number four, the Florida State Seminoles. Number three, I held strong with them. Going into this season, I got to hold strong. 
coming into this uh, midway point of the season. I'm going with the Huskies. Washington is going to make the I like playoffs. It. I got to hold strong with that. I felt like they'd make the playoffs. I said it at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to give up on that yet. Washington, their biggest game of the season is this week against the Oregon Ducks. Like we said, we're going to get into that in just a sec. I do believe they will get through any big games they have in the Pac-12. They will win the Pac-12, and they will earn themselves a shot in the playoffs. Number two, I got Michigan. Like I said, super talented, unbelievable depth, unbelievable skill set. I love their coach. A lot of people do. Not much more to say. I said a lot of things about them when we ranked them earlier. Michigan at two for me. They're going to win the Big Ten. You're starting You're starting to see who I might have left out here. And number one, I got the Georgia Bulldogs. SEC team has to make it. I do think Georgia will win the SEC, and that will be enough to keep them at that number one spot at an undefeated record. Do I believe they're the best team? I don't know, but I do think college football committee will believe they are because that's what the college football committee believes in. SEC over everybody, respectfully, respectfully, even though they're not the best respectfully. this year. But that is my top four at this point in the season. Holding strong on Washington, and I like everyone else, man. But I did leave out the Big 12. That was very, 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 very hard. It's I, tough. It's <laughs> tough. I understand. I left out I left out the Pac-12 in mine, and yeah. I would love to see Oregon or Washington. USC is not making it. I don't care who you are. USC is not making the playoffs. They're they're just not good at their defense is not good enough to compete with the teams that they have that they would have to go against. UCLA. These teams would. Oh man, <laughs> their defense is actually pretty good. I it's won't actually, lie, their defense is better good. than USC's. I agree. Actually, I mean, they might beat everybody <laughs> else. Everybody else except Southern Miss has a better defense <laughs> than USC. I mean. USC, if they made the playoffs and had to go up against a Michigan, a Florida State, a Georgia, they would get spit up. They would get chewed and spit out. That's how bad it would be. Yeah. That's how bad. But you know, I like the first. I like our first playoff predictions. You know, obviously it's going to change over time. Yes. Well, let's get into these game picks, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I said, we got to talk about our records here. We never said we're masters. We're still learning this game of picking games. So many weeks and so many games each week. We've had some really good weeks. We've had some bad weeks. CDM is coming off of not last week, but week four had an amazing week. I had an amazing week, week two. Other weeks we've been about 50-50, you know. Hey, no one said, and no one's going to be perfect at making these picks, but we are over 500. Do you want to point that out? That is a good sign that we at least know football on a 500 level. We know football, too. Yeah, we know football, too. Yeah, we know football. We're, we're good on that one. We, a little can, bit. we can get these right. Yes, a little, a little bit. bit. At least we know it a little bit, but – records right now cdm does hold a one win lead on me 19 <laughs> he is 19 and 16 i am 18 and 17 hey that's not bad i was looking at records hey, at this can only get better by hey, each season it's gonna keep getting better bro we're gonna understand the games more we made a lot of wild picks it feels like we we like to have fun we like i'm not about to come out here yes they're gonna they're gonna cover and they're gonna beat this team because they're expected to yeah i yes, should have said state is going to beat the georgia bulldogs <laughs> yeah yeah, no. I mean, I do like my underdog picks for sure. A couple of my underdog picks these past couple of weeks have not, <laughs> yeah, not, not come hitting. in clutch. They're not hitting. <laughs> um, I thought Colorado would have done it against USC, but, you know, <laughs> almost, almost did. did it. Almost, almost did it. Got the cover. But um, hit the cover big yeah, time. Hit yeah. the cover. Yeah. <laughs> but we will – uh, we can only get better from here. But uh, you start us off, brother. Um, yeah. Missouri at – Kentucky, both yeah. of them coming off big losses. You know, Missouri mm-hmm. just lost to your Tigers yep. in a very 
uh, high scoring game. Yep. And Kentucky coming off a just absolute massacre against Georgia, fifty one to thirteen. Mm. Um, at Kentucky, Kentucky is three point favorites. If I'm not wrong, two and a half, two and a half. So yes, two and a half. Yeah. Okay. So uh, give us your opinion. Give uh, who you got? Give me give me your take on this one. Yeah, hey, this is a this is a good one. Like you said, back to both teams off of losses here. It's tough. It's tough to say because, you know, Missouri doesn't have a defense, it looks like, and Kentucky doesn't have a defense. So I'm kind of expecting a, a high score. game. didn't even look like they had an offense. Yeah, that's my thing is, like, how legit is Missouri's offense? You know, and Kentucky didn't have any offense. It feels like anyone could score on LSU. So I don't believe we're going to see a 50-40 game. I think we see a little bit more defense, a little bit more mistakes on offense, and some better defensive plays. But I do think Missouri has a little bit more firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Brady Cook had a lot of good moments. He had a lot of bad. I like Brady Cook a lot. He's a guy that's just he's, – there's a couple things he's got to work on. He had he had some really bad misses, but he also had some really, really good throws. So Brady Cook's a guy that's like – you're going to get a couple, like four or five just unbelievably bad throws a game. And then besides that, he's going to he's gonna play some good ball. I don't know if he can carry you to a win, but I like Missouri. I like Missouri here. This is going to be a fun game, I think. But Missouri wins this one 30-26. I got you right there. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I am. Uh, I think Missouri just overpowers them on the offensive side of the ball. I think Brady Cook right now is playing better than Leary is right yes. now yes. at Kentucky. Um I like the offensive pieces they have around him. Theo Weiss Jr., mm. um, a wide receiver um, transfer from Oklahoma. Uh, the the other wide receiver, I can't remember his name. Number one, he is a stud. He's a dog. I got you. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's also super good. But Brady Cook is playing some good football right now. Uh, I do think they need to pick it up on the defensive side of the ball, but also – LSU's offense is one of the best offenses in college football. So, I mean, having to defend an offense like that, you're going to give up 40, 50 points probably at least uh, – 30 to 40 points at least, not 50 yet. I haven't seen them drop 50. <laughs> but 30 to 40 points for sure. Um, I do, do like that they are – but I'm going to take the Missouri Tigers winning this game, and I have them winning by 35 to 21. I think that their offense does cook a little bit. And I think they can put up 35 points. I mean, they put up 35, 32 against y'all last week. Yeah. Um. So they are. They have a. They have a chance to really put uh to have some firepower on the offensive side. So 35, 21, Missouri. Luther Burden, by the and, way, number three for him uh, for Missouri. Absolute animal. Yeah, dog. Dog. Absolute dog. But I'm gonna start off this one right here. We yeah. have Texas A and M going into Tennessee, going into Knoxville. Tennessee coming off a bye week. A&M just coming off a loss to Bama. Only a six-point loss. I mean, not really much to take away. Offense played really good. Defense is still pretty solid at A&M. Tennessee is weird because their offense, they look good. Everything about Tennessee looks good on paper. Everything about Tennessee looks good on paper until you see it on the field, and then you see some of the mistakes they made make on the offensive side of the ball uh mostly on the defensive side of the ball is the mistakes that they make um not giving up busted coverage not filling in the gap when it comes to running like florida uh travis Etienne's little brother tore them up i mean couldn't get, i mean they couldn't stop the run and a&m has got some stud running backs as well and also max johnson as i said before looking good. early in the pod max johnson's good 
And his little brother, I mean, his brother's good too. I mean, his, his, I mean, his brother caught a touchdown against us back to back weeks where they have had a touchdown connection. That's awesome. Pretty cool. I love that brother to brother connection. I love it, but I'm going with Tennessee. Okay. I'm going with Tennessee in this one. I think Tennessee coming off a of bye week, Joe, uh, Joe Mixon. Um, no, Milton. not Joe Mixon. <laughs> you had it. Um, Milton. Joe Milton is going to be, uh, a little bit more prepared for this after seeing some film as well. I think I think Bama kind of exposed the secondary problems, um, especially number twenty. If you see that dude on the field, oh, dude, oh my gosh, pick him, him pick out. him apart. Him Just throw the ball. Just throw the ball his way. I promise you. I promise you, he won't come down with it. <laughs> but I have Tennessee winning at home. I have a score of twenty four to twenty one. Okay, I like that Tennessee three point favorites. Um, I like what I see from A and M though. A and M. Yeah, they competed, and they didn't win the game. But I still like what I see from that defense. I am not sold on Tennessee. I like Milton. He's a fun player to watch. He's got so much arm talent. He's ridiculous. Everyone knows that he can throw a ball 100 yards. But can mm. he win you a game when it matters? Can he do the dink and dunk? A&M's not going to let him have a big shot. They're not going to allow it. They allowed no, a lot of can't. them. They allowed a lot of them against Alabama. But Al- they said they, they shut down the run against Alabama. Yeah, they didn't expect us to pass no, the ball like that. They're not going to allow Milton to, do that. to throw the ball. Yeah, they're expecting Milton to throw for 50 yard bombs, especially after last week. They're going to be like, oh, if Alabama's doing it with Milrow, we're going to do it with Milton. They're going to take that away. They're going to say, hey, we're actually going to allow you to run. Can they run? Can they take the short stuff? Can Milton play four quarters of point guard and not big play Milton? I don't think so. I like AM's chances in this game. Give me. The Aggies, 30 to 28. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. Um, this next game, probably the most important game of USC's whole season right now. Because yes, this is, I think, this is the first time they have to play. Once again, no disrespect to Arizona's defense, but they actually have to play a solid defense this time, even mm-hmm. though it has not looked as solid. But if you look at it through other perspectives, they have been playing very good. I mean, they're not letting up 30 points, 40 points a game. They're letting up about maybe 20 to 17 points oh, a game right now. Oh. U- USC at Notre Dame. Oh, that's a horse collar. Oh, I thought you, oh, you're ahead. I thought you were about to say he threw a bomb. He did throw a bomb. Hold up just a second. Just a second. Oh, my God. He's wide open. Wide open. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Run. 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 Horse collar. Yep. Oh my gosh, Marcus Peters, I'll you bum. Um, USC at Notre Dame, such a historic game. Two historic colleges going at each other. Um, it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a battle. I think both teams are going to come out. Notre Dame really has to come out and just show that they are still a team on both sides of the ball, mostly on the offensive side of the ball. And they have a defense to do it against. They have a defense that Matt Hartman, Sam Hartman can probably just carve up, can probably just – probably throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns on without having to go into like triple overtime. Once again, no disrespect, but this team like USC's defense, I don't think USC's defense is going to be prepared for elite quarterback play like this. Shadur was probably the best quarterback they've had to play against so far. Mm. And Shadur is good, but Sam Hartman is a veteran. Sam Hartman is a four year going on a five year starter now. And it's going to be a game. It's going to be a really good game. I think Caleb still. I think Caleb comes back to what he's known to do: having explosive plays, um, creating creating bigger plays downfield, maneuvering a lot better in the pocket, um, not having to rely so much on himself, more of relying on the pieces around him. 
So I'm going to take Notre Dame and take Notre Dame 28-24 because I still don't think – I'm not confident in this defense at all. I love the offense. I'm not confident in this defense. I feel like this defense is going to fold. Yeah. And I think Marcus Freeman, this is another – this is a proven game for Marcus Freeman as a head coach. If you beat number nine USC, you're going to be going down as – you're going to go down as a legend at Notre Dame because it's really hard for them to beat USC half the time. I mean, when these two when these two programs play, it's electric. It's always going to be a good game, even though USC kind of got the better of them last year. Um, I think this defense is going to. Sh- I think this defense is going to give them a bigger run for their money. So I'm going to take Notre Dame twenty eight to twenty four. All right. Yes, I completely agree. Notre Dame is going to be the best defense USC has played so far, and. Could be the best of the season. We'll see. Notre Dame, I like their defense, but after that Louisville game, there is definitely question marks. I came in, first of all, Notre Dame as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Was a little shocked by that. It's a little shocking for Just sure. Just because I know that there's a lot of love for USC's offense, and this I think this line proves how much doubt everyone has in the defense. I've been so back and forth on this, and I got to be honest, man. I got to be honest. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But after what I saw last week, it just made my mind clear that this this Notre Dame offense can really expose Lincoln Riley as a defensive coach. I completely agree. I'm going to stick to my pick here. I'm going to stick to my guns. Stick to it, man. 31 to 30 Notre Dame. I think this offense for Notre Dame is going to have its best offensive game they've had since like week two or week three or whatever the heck it's been. It's been a minute. It's been ever since that Ohio State game yes. where it's just like declined. And USC cannot play the style that Notre Dame wants to play offensively. I want to see Sam get the ball a lot more, but this is also a game where you got to keep the ball out of Caleb's hands. Notre Dame is great about playing that style of offense. Keep the ball out of Caleb's hands, limit his possessions, limit his opportunities to take over, slow the game down, make enough plays late, I do see a little bit of back and forth maybe late. Both the, maybe the defenses gas out. Plus, USC's defense is not good, so I don't expect this them to hold any team to under 30. So give me the Notre Dame Irish 31-30. to 30. Ooh, man, that's a tough game right there. That's a close one. Close I like one. that one. Um, I, I mean, once again, this is just like I think this is going to be the best offensive game. They, they have to have an offensive game. They have to. But sticking with some Pac-12 teams, we have UCLA going into Oregon State. Mm. Now, UCLA coming off a really impressive win against Washington State. Um, Their defense is good, man. Their defense is good. Their defense can really compete, excuse me, with some Pac-12 teams for sure. Um, Oregon State's weird because I just – I'm not sold on their offensive side of the ball. Mm -mm. It's a weird playing style. Um DJ is DJ's up and down as well at Oregon State like he kind of was at Clemson, but I kind of like him better just because he's the main guy now and he's not having to have so much pressure on him because, I mean, Oregon State's not pushing for a college football playoff. They're just pushing to have a good record. DJ's pushing to get his draft stock up. Um, but I'm going to take UCLA. Uh, I liked what I saw last week against Washington State. Uh, offense offense needs to figure something out. There is some question marks on the offensive side of the ball, but they got it done. But their defense showed out. Their defense showed out against an explosive Cam Ward-led Washington State team. Uh, I'm going to take UCLA winning 35-28. to 28. Still think it could be a close game, um, but UCLA 35-28, they get it done. Yeah, this 
both of these defenses are pretty good. Oregon State had a weird game against Cal last week defensively. I still like their defense though. UCLA's got a legit defense. It's still, I still, I know that they're just beating themselves up for the, the the Utah loss. They still probably should be undefeated. That's a Dante game, but that's he's a young guy. He's a freshman. He had he he's had, a true freshman. Yeah, he had to learn from that game, and he has looked really impressive since that. I do think UCLA has more offensive firepower when it comes to if Dante is playing like we think Dante can play like. He is going to make enough plays. He is very electric. I love what he can maybe do in college football in the next coming season, um, mm-hmm. upcoming season. Give me the Bruins in this one, 26-23. to 23. Very, 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 very good football game. Very, very good football game indeed. Um, this game coming up right now, I'll let you start this one off because uh, this, this one's going to be funny. <laughs> this one's going to be funny. Oh, Miami goes to oh, North Carolina. <laughs> This is a response game for Miami. How do you respond after everybody on the planet in college football world is scrutinizing your coach, scrutinizing your team, scrutinizing your decision making? Everyone knows they should have won that game, and they. Still, I I don't uh, know how you come back from something like that, bro. Like I just right? don't. Right? It's it's got to be so mentally defeating because this team should be undefeated, and now your season's over because of one loss, one mistake. It's crazy how weird to a really is. crappy team, really a bad really team. really and crappy it, it, team. You shouldn't have been in the game in the first place. That's the defense you can use. But every every any team could win on any given Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Thursday. I, I truly believe that. And Miami did not look good, and they proved that they cannot close a game. Can they come in here and you know shock uh, the Josh Jacobs? Josh, I need that so bad. Thank you, Josh. But can they go out here and prove you know? Shock the world and beat an undefeated North Carolina team. It is a conference, so it does feel like we're going to get a little bit more of a competitive game. The last one was conference, and look what happened. Georgia Tech is an ACC. Yes, they are. That's terrible. That's terrible. Like, I bet Bowling Green's looking at this like, man, we beat Georgia Tech. I bet we can beat Miami. We're the best team in the country. Uh, all we got to do, do is make them fumble the ball. <laughs> Yeah, they're just, not gonna uh, kneel it. Hey, just knee it. Just knee it. <laughs> they're not gonna kneel it. They're not gonna kneel it. <laughs> no. If this game comes down to a kneeling opportunity, you know that quarterback is gonna take the fastest knee of all time. Oh, Tyler Van Dyke's <laughs> gonna look at Mario Cristobal and be like, "Shut up! Shut up! Knee. No! No! We're Sit kneeing. down! <laughs> We're not gonna Mario's get that like, opportunity." <laughs> Mario's like, "Hey, man, run! Let's run the ball! No! <laughs> no! Stop! You have not learned your lesson, old man." <laughs> Uh, it's not going to happen, though. Uh, you, I mean, uh, North Carolina is going to go out there, show that they have the superior offense. Miami is going to get a little exposed. They're going to be kind of dragging after such a just defeating loss. Yeah, they could respond. I could see maybe a good, a really good game. I honestly think it'll be a good game early on. The North Carolina's defense will give up some points in this one. Van Dyke will respond. He'll look better. But yeah. North Carolina's offense is unbelievable. Has been for a while, and they got the kid back, Tez. Finally, he's played in some ball now after getting. Yeah, dude, I'm glad to see he finally got some eligibility. So he's he getting he's getting playing time. He's getting his his feet back under him. He's gonna be a good good piece to this puzzle. Give me the Tar Heels in this one, forty two to twenty seven. Dude, that's kind of funny. That's funny. So I have North Carolina winning. I don't see Miami coming back after this. This is just like that's demoralizing. That is just 
absolutely like mentally my mental status i would not be in the same place nope. like i would not be in the same facility as them after that i wouldn't even came to practice <laughs> i wouldn't have came to practice i'd have been like here's my scholarship this take it i'm gonna go here. <laughs> hey transfer portal transfer. Um, hit, hit me up man like i'm gone hey bammy y'all after- need a guy <laughs> yo lsu you need, you need like a defensive lineman like i'm, I'm wide open i'm, I'm here I mean, it's just demoralizing <laughs> after that. And I just, I mean, that's really hard. Ooh, flea flicker. Oh, Devontae Adams. Oh, my gosh. Triple no, coverage. It's not, oh, God. So, North Carolina is going to win this game. My score is a little closer to yours. I have them winning 45 to 21. Okay. So, you got you got definitely blowout in this one. Miami's that. just, oh, no. Miami, North Carolina is just going to drag them, bro. It's yeah. not even funny. Not Tyler Van Dyke did not look good at all. I forgot to say mm-hmm. that back. I forgot to say that when we were talking about him. Tyler Van Dyke did not look good. Yeah, it was his first and really ta- bad game. And I talked about him being a Heisman contender. As you said before, oh. you're not going to support them. I'm not supporting Tyler Van Dyke anymore. El- El- I'm not supporting him. There's Devontae. Oh, thank God. I'm glad you said that before I see it. Honestly. <laughs> Make you happy. Brings me some love. Well, don't you remember when like Van Dyke was supposed to be this first round pick, possibly first quarterback yeah, off the dude, board? I remember when he was supposed to be like better than Caleb Williams. Yeah. Well, okay, not better than Caleb Williams. But people but did but think up, he could go ahead of him. Yes. Up there, yeah, like up there with Caleb Williams, but now it's just kind of like he's kind of mid. Yep. I don't I don't see I'm it. Just mid. Don't see it. Don't see it, but I hundred percent agree. North Carolina of the week wins. Now we get this one. Now we get the game of the week. Another great game of the year. Two talented quarterbacks fighting for a Heisman spot, fighting for a Pac-12 championship spot. We got the Ducks, Oregon Ducks, going to play the Washington Huskies. In Washington, Seattle, Very, very another, um, I would say, tough environment to play in as yes. well. Pac-12, hey, Pac-12 fans show out, especially when their teams are good. Yes. Washington Stadium is very hard to play in. Um, two high caliber offenses, two good studded defenses. Oregon, in my opinion, has the better defense coming into this game as well. Um, Washington's averaging about 51 points per game. Oregon's averaging around 49 points per game. So expect this one to be kind of high scoring. Um, but Oregon's defense is only letting up around 10, uh, 12 points a game. I think 15 to 12 points a game. It's insane. Like, I mean, the highest, the most points they let up was 30 points, and that was the Texas Tech, but that was a good game as well. Mm. Um, it, uh, it's going to be a great game. I love Michael Penix Jr. I think he has another great game for himself. I think Bo Nix goes out and shows up and uh, shows that he is the best quarterback of the Pac-12 behind my, uh, in front of Michael Penix after this game. And it takes me a lot not to pick them because I love Washington. I love their offense and I love Michael Penix and I love seeing his journey, but I also love Bo Nix's journey in college football, leaving the SEC and finding a place for himself. It's kind of funny because both of these quarterbacks left two tough conferences and found themselves in the Pac-12 and have just um, (laughs) made their own way into into, into each of their respective teams. I mean, both of them looked good in their old teams, Penix at Indiana, uh, Bo at Auburn, but they never they had too much pressure on their shoulders. I feel like everybody expected so much out of them, including Bo Nix. Auburn, I think Auburn expected them to take him to the take them to the playoffs, him be a Heisman winner. But Oregon, in my opinion, is going to win this game just because they have one of the best defenses in the league. And it takes me a lot not to pick Washington, but I'm going to take Oregon winning this game with a final score of 41 to 38. It's going to be a close one. I think this is going to be the most points that Oregon may let up this season until they play USC. 
Um, but I got the Ducks winning this one. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a battle for sure. I wish it's a two thirty game, but I wish it was the Pac twelve at night because those those are the real games right there. Those are the fun games. Those are the games that you know that go on till like one o'clock in the morning that you just want to stay up and watch because it's more college football going in the next day. But I'm going to take Oregon winning this one. I think they can get it done. I love your analysis. Very good analysis. Sorry about the uh, doorbell. That scared the crap out of me. Oh I was wondering what happened. I was like, what's going on? Is I, Siri wake up? I just got scared, man. That was that scared the <laughs> crap out of me. Um, people watching are going to see that. But, um, yeah, this is such an interesting football game, man. Oregon is has had some major moments this Oh, was that uh, Devontae? Thank God. <laughs> but, no, yes. Well, I mean, Oregon has had some highs this season. They're 81-38, 55-42-42. This team scores the football. They've also only allowed 7, 30, 30-10, 6-6. Defense is very good at football. I love what I'm seeing from Bo Nix. Very smart football, clean football. He's running very the ball football. still. Not running it like we kind of seen him before in the past. He's not. He's standing in the pocket and ripping the football. I think he leads – I am i don't want to – because it's college football, so, like, all these stats are kind of swayed. There's some quarterbacks that play at freaking, you know, South Dakota State that are going to be putting up crazy numbers too. But when it comes to Power 5, I believe I saw on ESPN, he is leading the country in completion percentage at 80%. He's so efficient. He's, he's efficient, dude. But that's one thing. As you said, he's not running the ball a lot. But when he does run the ball, that's one. That's like something that he has in his back pocket. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to expect, like, if he's standing in the pocket the majority of the game, you're not going to be one. You're not going to keep a QB spy on him. You're not going to just rush through. You're not going to rush four if you want to. I mean, you probably are, but you're not going to just rush four, or rush five, unless you want to put pressure. Yep. Hey, I but was if right. he gets out of right. the pocket, not, hey, I was right. Number one, I, I thought I saw that right. What's his completion percentage? Technically. 0.804, so 80.4%. I mean, when you throw screen plays a lot, I mean, yeah. you you got to complete a screen, right? Yeah, he's only he's he's one uh, 131 of 163, so he's only missed 32 passes on the season. That's Good insane. Lord. That's <laughs> insane. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy, man. Uh, Dude, this quarterback matchup is about to be deadly. It's going to be very, very fun to watch, man. Love to see that. They're running the ball very well. Offense for Oregon is really, really good. But my Washington Huskies, I've been on this team for a while. They pass the ball, and they pass it better than any team in the country. Michael Penix Jr., one number one in passing yards in the country. Let's see. I don't want to make sure about that one. I, I, he's, yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure he's number one in the country. It's yeah, Nope. Wait. Yeah, nope. Wait. Attempts? No, that's yards. Is it Shador? Might be I think it is and maybe Shador, but like when you're the most sacked quarterback in college football, you kind of have to throw the ball a lot. He, uh, yep, he is at 2020 passing yards, and Michael Penix at two, Jaden Daniel at three, Carson Beckett quietly at four. There, um, he can sling the rock, he can sling the rock, man, he can sling the rock, but uh, yeah, this team very good at football. Michael Penix Jr. is having an unbelievable football season. We knew how good he is and could be, and he is just doing it time and time Touchdown. again. Who was was it? Devontae? It was Josh Jacobs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, ha, I win. 
Number one in fantasy, we're not going to. Oh, I've already, oh, I've already won, dude. Like Jordan I'm, Love had that bomb, and then Devontae Adams is finally getting the ball. I won, but I, this this solidifies it. There's no doubt now, dude. But, Devon, they're double teaming Devontae Adams. Like they're giving him that decision. Calvin Johnson treatment. Yeah, that's a good decision. That's a really good decision. But no, like I was saying, uh, Washington, unbelievable at football. They cannot be stopped offensively. It feels like only team I do feel like in the Pac-12 that has a defense to do it is Oregon. That's why this kind of feels like a. I mean, the offenses are both elite, but offensive, offensively for Washington versus defensively for Oregon, that is the matchup of a lifetime. It, like we said last week, like you said, Red River rivalry might have been the game of the year. This game right here might top it somehow, and it I wouldn't may, be surprised. It, it will fi- I think it can find a way to just because of the – it's the quarterback play right now, dude. I mean, it's two it's two Heisman contending quarterbacks playing against each other. So I can see if this game becomes game of the year. I can totally see it happening. Yep. It it's got it written all over it. Another one of these massive matchups in conference. Like we talked about, these receivers are freaking ridiculous. You got three guys, you know, that had hit the century mark in one game, uh the hundred receiving yards. It's ridiculous. A 600-yard receiver, a 500-yard receiver, a 300-yard receiver, and a 200-yard receiver. Oh, their top two wide receivers will go over 1,000 yards before and the end of the season. And then they have two tight ends over 100 yards already. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just feed everybody the ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really do. They really do. A tight end has four tuds. Their top receivers both have four tuds, and a receive, another receiver has three tuds. So... I mean, they just they just throw the ball around. They have one receiver. <laughs> what is this? Cuevas has three receptions on the year for 145. His receptions per per receptions, he's getting 50 yards of reception. Bro. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> three catches. 50 yards of reception. That's crazy, bro. What the heck? This guy. you got to be playing against some bums on the outside <laughs> if you're averaging 50 yards of reception. That's, oh my lord, that's pretty. You're making defensive. You're making like cornerback coaches just want to retire. That's over. Like, what's the point of coaching? <laughs> oh man, but yes, this is insanity. This game is like. I love college football for these games exactly. Seven versus eight. Who is the best team in the Pac-12? We find that out this weekend when it comes to my pick. When it comes to my pick. ESPN believes Oregon wins this game. Hmm. Vegas believes Washington wins this game. Oh, it's Vegas. CDM. Oh, this, uh, speaking of, uh, look at the commercial that's coming up, dude. Oh, jeez. That's a great sign. No, or- that's Jesus. Oh, can't wait. Number eight versus number seven. But, number eight being Oregon, no. number seven being Washington. Hey, like I said, Vegas picks Washington. ESPN picks Oregon. CDM picks Oregon. Nate Dog picks Nathan. Washington. I'm sticking Ooh. with the Huskies here. Listen, I've been on them all season. W, baby. W. Go O's. <laughs> Go Ducks. Go Ducks. Hey, I'm telling you, man, I've been on them. Before the season, they have done nothing to prove me wrong. The defense isn't as good as I thought it would be, but this offense is literally ridiculous like I thought it could be. Just in love with this team, with what they can do. Can they win this game? Can they win the big game against a very, very good Oregon team? I love Oregon. I'm, it's like I don't, I'm going to be rooting for Washington because I picked them, but there's still a part of me that, if Oregon were to win, I'm not even going to be a sad because I'm getting to watch this amazing yeah, I mean, game. 
And that's the same way for me. Like if Washington wins this, I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, well, we know who the best team is. Probably going to be a little excited as well. Um, I, I mean, honestly, this this is this is going to be a game. This is going to be one of the best games of the year. Um, both, I hope both quarterbacks ball out. I hope we just, I hope we get a high scoring game. I hope we get like 40, 40 going into the final minute. And we just have to see somebody, we have to see a Heisman moment from one of these quarterbacks. And yes, that was going to be one bold prediction for me. We're going to see one Heisman moment at the end of this game. I don't know who, I don't know who, but I do believe it might be Michael Bennett Jr. I got Washington 31 to 27, baby. Ooh, that's a close one. Yep. That is a close one. Well, sir, I think that would wrap up I think so. our game picks for the week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think that's gonna do it, of course, my man. You feeling con- you feeling confident? Feeling oh. confident in that one? Oh, that's that's a perfect week for me, my brother. Perfect week. Unstoppable. We'll see. We'll see. I'm confident in that North Carolina game. I'm very confident in that game. <laughs> I'm hoping, man. It'd be such a Miami thing to win that game. If my it would be a Miami <laughs> thing for them. Oh my gosh, Jordan Love. Oh my gosh, Jordan Love. Oh, Oh, you missed them. Right through the hands. Right. Well, man, another great pod. Yes, sir. Another great week. Yes, sir. Another great week. College Kings, once again, we appreciate everyone, everyone listening. Like we have said in the past, go find us on social media, Nate Dog Sports, NDS underscore CFB on Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Nate Dog Productions on YouTube. You can find Nate Dog Sports everywhere. Go follow us. This is where all the content lands. Go listen, watch. We love doing this, and we appreciate everyone that tunes in. CDM, once again, thank you for co-hosting. Always an honor, sir. Always an honor. Yes, sir. Let's see. Let's see where these records are at coming into the next week, my brother. All right? We'll see. We will see. All right. Appreciate you guys. Yes. This has been another episode of College Kings. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.